Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-20s. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it. Welcome back, everybody. We are so excited to be back together for our third episode where we deep dive into our co-hosts. And today we'll be asking Mads lots of questions and put her in the hot seat. But first, I know we have a couple of things to catch up on because it's been a couple of weeks actually since we've been able to record. And I feel like so much has happened in that couple of weeks. But first, a very happy belated birthday to our Kelsey. Yay. Yay, sweet Kelsey. Thank you guys. Thank you guys also for sending such nice treats to me. You guys are the best and very thoughtful. No worries. They really tried to get to you. (laughs) They tried their hardest. (laughs) They really did. They really tested my DoorDash customer abilities, but you know, I fought back. And I got in and the end. Got I got what done. I wanted. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, Ke- and Kelsey ate milk bar, so we're all set. Yes, yes, we got it. It re- it was received. It helped spread out the birthday week. You know, yeah, it exactly. Spread the love throughout the week. Exactly. Um, how was your birthday though? What did you end up doing? And like, did you have any fun plans? Birthday was awesome. So far, feeling good vibes. About twenty seven. Um, actual birthday was on a Monday, but it was still very fun. Did some dinner with family earlier in the month, did dinner with my dad, did dinner with a roommate. And then I was in Palm Desert with some of my closest friends and my sister. And for my birthday, Taylor Swift released a new album. And so all weekend (laughs) long, we just listened to Midnight's on repeat, essentially. And it was amazing. And the weather was great. It was just like very chill, happy girl time. So all in all, strong birthday. Oh, one thing I decided to, uh, we decided this on the trip. So you know how you say like early 20s and late 20s? So we decided early is okay. We're allowing early to continue. But late is negative. We don't like that energy of late 20s. So we're changing it to upper 20s because that sounds more elevated and more positive. But we don't want to say lower 20s because then that sounds negative again. So we're sticking with early 20s and upper 20s. Just a PSA. I feel like that's like classy because it's like upper class. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's what it makes me remind, reminds me of. That's funny. I like that though. Um, and that's the best birthday gift possible probably. And I know that all of us were listening all weekend and we posted on our story too, which we're happy to still like respond to you if you do want to submit your favorite track to us um, and have that conversation going. But I know Mads was kind of having a field day with it, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's so funny because since I was like literally in sixth grade, I used to be teased because I was like obsessed with her and I would wear this like Walmart shirt that had her on it. It was purple and black and I was obsessed. So now it's funny because like I know that every time that she comes out with something and everybody's freaking out, I'm like everybody who either loves me or hates me. And it's so true. Like I have ex-boyfriends texting me and asking me what my favorite song is. Like they're like, it's like the opening door for any time that Taylor Swift comes up with something that's really big and on the news. It is a door for whoever wants in or out 
out. Like I don't, it's not, I don't say it. It just happens and it's happened time and time again, even with the re-releases. So I was having quite a field day. Um, and I want to know what everyone's initial favorite track is. Kelsey? Oh my gosh. It's so hard to pick one. I've had people talk to me. I'll just, I can give just like my high level thoughts and it's changed from like the first listen to where I am now as it does, it can evolve. Um, Midnight Rain, if I did have to pick one at this moment today, is it? It like has such a good vibe. It is stuck in my head. It is different than just about anything else she's done. And I was very impressed by it. And it's very catchy. Um, but the lyrics of Antihero are all already iconic to the surprise of no one. Um, vigil- vigilante shit, when I first heard it, really like hit me and the first listen. Like with some of those lyrics, I was like, wow, that resonates. I feel like that's our energy too. Um, but ma- And I, I connect with Mastermind because I feel like I'm always like controlling behind the scenes, like everything that's happening. And so that resonated for me. I could go on literally about almost every song. So I'll stop myself there and turn it to Kathy. Um, yes. Well, I agree that after a couple of listens, I feel like it's kind of switched off a bit. Um, Antihero is definitely my favorite and has been my favorite from the beginning which I kind of was annoyed that it's like the one that's like the popular one and then like all the sound bites come from it but whatever um and then as I started listening to karma more and I feel like hearing that everywhere I started liking that as well and I also really like question and I had liked that before I found out slash who knows if it's true um like video reels about that being about Selena Gomez but I do think that those would probably be my top three. Mads, what are yours? Um, I agree with Kelsey. Um, with the Midnight Rains really up there. Um, could have, would have, could have, should have is up there. Um, that one's really great. Um, the whole the, the whole sky, that one, or bigger than the whole sky, um, that one emotionally wrecked me and I didn't really, like, I had listened to it obviously before and then it was actually on Monday, like yesterday is now that we're recording on a Tuesday. Um, I was at work and I was really listening to it and like, I just had like tears well up in my eyes and I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but Kathy, you just said something about Selena Gomez, and I wanted to comment because I know we're both really excited, if not all of us, that she is having um, a new documentary series thing come out coming out. Yes, I am so excited. I was an idiot and didn't like set my timer to try to get tickets to that screening at the AFI Fest where she'll she's going to be at um, next weekend, but. There were only like a hundred seats for that screening. Like there was, it was going to be so competitive to get no matter what. I logged on like the day of to try to get them, but there was absolutely no way. So we'll just have to watch it on Apple TV. Everybody tune in next weekend. And she's coming out with a with an actual like track that will go along with the documentary, which I'm super excited about as well. And I feel like that has the potential to eventually wreck me as well. I couldn't agree more. I'm so excited. And one thing that I feel we have in common is we're both fangirls over the same things. And it truly wouldn't be my episode if I we talked about Milk Bar, we talked about Taylor Swift, and now I'm going to ask you about BravoCon because it's another one of my favorite <laughs> things. And I've lived vicariously through you. 
I was I was texting her like a I am psycho. shook that one person can meet that many people in one and she was setting. she was I'm messing with Kathy. me. She was like, I was gonna hold this one out, but here it is now. Like she was sending them. <laughs> I, I had my Bravo group chat going off like we were living vicariously through her. Kathy, give me all the things you can tell me in this moment. Okay, well, first for everyone that doesn't know, BravoCon is this convention because it sounds ridiculous, and it is. It truly is. It's a convention. It's truly like Comic Con, which I haven't been to, but from how I explained it, that's how people can relate to it. Um, where your favorite Bravo celebrities, aka Bravo celebrities, are all gathered to do panels, host like Q and As, do photo ops, and then they're also selling like all of their brands and merch of the companies that they own. And this is the second time Bravo has ever put on this event. The first time was in 2019 and then just kept getting like delayed for the pan- from the pandemic for the following event. Um, and in the first year, they had 5,000 attendees. They upped it to 25,000 this year. And truth be told, they completely oversold tickets. Like it was a shit show there. It was literally, I don't know if anyone has seen videos, which you you may have, but people were like fighting each other, running over security, like fighting their way to get into rooms and panels. It was literally like survival of the fittest when you were there. And every line was just hours long. And GA tickets, like they're not cheap. They're like around $500 and TBH, I did not pay that much. Like, I got it resale because that's insane. That's literally almost more than Coachella ticket these days. And so for you to pay that much money, go to New York, and then stand in these lines and not even get to do the photo ops that you thought you were going to do is a huge disappointment. So many people were chanting, we want refunds, like, while they were in lines. Like, there was mobs. Like, it was crazy. And then um, there were articles, like, comparing it to, like, Firefest, which I thought was really funny. But it was, like, on the spectrum. I wouldn't say it's all the way there. But on the spectrum, I did get a tortilla wrap for, like, $15. And it was, like, a tortilla and shredded turkey. So I was really pissed about that and was like, okay, the food is literally giving Firefest vibes. <laughs> so I was upset about that. Um, the lines for the bar were like an hour long and divided by wristband too. So like you got shorter access if you had the VIP wristband. Like at one point we were like, are the restrooms going to be divided by wristbands too? Like it was so insane. And nonetheless, like Friday, we got the lay of the land and understood how long it would take to get your photo op because we learned by experience by not getting them and standing in line at least like an hour ahead um so once we learned that we had to like split up in lines and like strategize like okay who's gonna stand where and for how long so that I can jump in here and then you can jump in here with me in line and like people didn't mind with when friends jumped in line because you would take one photo together so it's not like you're taking up like another spot in line and everyone there was like on the same page of like this event is a shit show but we're all in it together kind of thing it was like trauma bonding in a sense um, and so, uh, we ended up waiting like probably two to two and a half hours for like the bigger people for every photo op that we did for the panels. It was probably like 40 minutes except for Beverly Hills, because that was the insanity one where the people like, um, pushed each other and like tried to run in and squeeze into the panel. So that one was just ridiculous. And we were like, there's no way. 
they just like needed to do a better job with the security. The security people didn't know like who was at each station. And so there wasn't a Bravo person saying like, so-and-so is in this room. It was like Javits Center security people. And they had no idea who the Bravo people are at all. So they would say like the wrong names too. Like it was such a mess. Um, And there were a lot of fights happening, but at the end of the day, it was a wild experience. Uh, and I'm really happy strategizing for the later part of the weekend because then I got photos with like the really big people. Name drop a couple. Na- really big people being Kyle Richards, who has been on since season one of Beverly Hills, which for me, that was like big one. Her sister, Kathy Hilton, which I hope you've heard of. Um uh, Tamara and Vicky, who were also kind of like OG Orange County housewives. And I watched like almost all the cities. So for me, these are people I've been watching on TV for like over a decade. Like it's crazy to see them in real life, which is so weird. And then our Summer House favorites, uh, like almost the entire cast of Summer House, I think I took a picture with. And my favorite was definitely Carl for sure. Don't get me started on Carl. <laughs> But yeah, it was overall an experience. I'm happy I went. I would probably only go back if someone's going to hook me up with a VIP ticket next time. Um, And then maybe do some of the like add-on experiences. Like I did go to watch What Happens Live, which was really cool to be part of that audience. Um, And then like there are certain experiences where you can like be in the room with some of them and like actually talk to them and have dinner with them and drinks and stuff. So I think that would be like a really cool add-on experience. Bravo is a force to be reckoned with. The only one that I've really (laughs) watched is um, Beverly Hills and my sister got me into it and then below deck stuff. But just seeing how many people you got but and to think like that is like a full festival style amount of people with the crowd control of like a hundred person event. So that is a little scary. I hope they get their shit together for next time. But I'm so glad you got to go. Thank you. Um, All right. So pivoting into today's episode. Today, we are wrapping up our three-part series where we're getting to know all the co-hosts as Mads takes a big gulp of her wine glass. And we're going to be asking Mads all the questions, you know, grief, non-grief related, just to get to know her a little bit more. Yes. Okay. I'll dive in with the first question. We'll keep it very easy. Just ease right in. Um, in case no one has heard anything so far, this is the first episode people are listening to, Mads. Give us the basics, where you're from, what you do, how you heard about the podcast, how old you are, all that good stuff. <sighs> okay. Um, so I'm obviously Mads. Um, I am from the Midwest, about an hour, um, west of, or east of Chicago. See, I'm already fumbling up. Um, all my family is, is in Chicago and Chicagoland area. Um, I now live in Wilmington, North Carolina, where they shot One Tree Hill and the summer I turned pretty and Dawson's Creek and some of those kinds of shows. Um, I'm 26 years old. I work in marketing. Um... What I have a dog. I have Eloise, as we all know. I'm trying to think of the other answers to the questions. What did I miss, Kels? Just how recapping how you found out about the podcast. Yeah, so you kind of heard in some of the earlier episodes, but um, Kathy had posted in the Scrubbing In group, and I had commented on it, and she had messaged me, and I was like, 
okay, this isn't – I was like, okay. Like I didn't really expect her to because there were so many comments. And then we kind of just started talking and then um, we both kind of started um, expressing our passion for mental health and talking about, you know, why – we kind of – we align on a lot of values just kind of right off the bat. And so then um, whenever we got on to do our – we talked and then we got on to do our um, intro episode and it was just like very natural and it was very like I was just like talking to a friend. Um, and then we just started going and I was like I didn't feel like I didn't even really realize what we were doing it. Then I was like, oh my gosh, we're doing it. It was really cool. Um, but I always kind of was knew I would want to be in a podcast um, I worked in radio prior to the agency, so I was always really like I did on air stuff a lot um, on the side, and so I was like, well, this would be fun, and I just didn't really realize it would be about grief. Um, but there's, you know, the whole grief story, which I'm sure we'll go into a little bit about that as to why why I signed on for it. But that's kind of how I got to where we are now. Okay, and before we get into the grief story. Um, we asked some personality questions from everybody. So I think for yours, I was going to ask, what are your strongest love languages? And I know giving and receiving can be different, so you can pull them however you want. Um, that's a good question. And I always joke around because I'm like all of them. Um, but my strongest love language is definitely words of affirmation. Um, I could just, I, you guys, I think everybody who knows me knows that. Um, and I also like, like acts of service, it's necessarily gifts, but just like people like showing up for people. I really like, that's something that I really, really love. Okay. How about Enneagram or Myers-Briggs? Choose whichever one you feel you're most connected to or think you're, it's most accurate for you. Okay. So I don't know my Myers-Briggs and it's funny because I didn't know my Enneagram until like a couple weeks ago. Um, one of my friends in my surfing group has all of ours like in a note and I didn't know it. So she had me take the quiz like on the spot at coffee. Um, and wait, before, since you guys are kind of more into it, do you have any off the bat guesses as to what Enneagram you think I am? Hmm. I haven't studied it in a long time. And I, so I feel like I only know a couple because of like who my friends are. Um, so no, I don't have one right off the bat. I would say I'm in the same place as Kathy. I'm also not like strong enough to like diagnose people just off the cuff, but I'm interested to hear. Okay. I figured that you might be because that was something you guys both really got into and I didn't know, but I am a two, which every time someone finds that out, they're like, I could have guessed you were a two. Um, so that is my Enneagram number. And from what I know, it is pretty accurate. Um, I don't, I don't do too much research into it, but, uh, from what I saw, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That, that tracks. Cute. Okay. Um, a couple episodes ago, Kelsey and I recorded on our own and we were kind of comparing of like, we, I don't remember how this got brought up, but I think like, no, you know, don't be scared. Um, Kelsey was like talking about something and I was like, you're such an optimist and I'm such a pessimist. And then we were thinking and trying to guess like how we would um, identify you as. So we want to settle the debate because I said you're probably more of a realist and on that spectrum than like like in the middle maybe, but how would you describe yourself on that spectrum? 
I would say that first of all, your guys's um, diagnoses of yourselves are spot on, um, and I would also agree with you, Kathy. I feel like I try to be um, a little bit more like optimist side, but I think I've even said it in earlier podcasts. Like, depending on what kind of day I'm having or what kind of friend I need, I go to either one of you. Like, if I need like sunshine and happy and like to be encouraged, I go to Kelsey. But if I need like grab the shovels, like this, this <laughs> fucked up, like I call Kathy. So it's kind of funny because I feel like I have a little bit of both and I kind of lead into whichever one depending on the day or the situation um, with you guys but I could not agree more with all of those statements okay tell me more about then so you think you're a realist just depending on the day do you feel like that's changed over the course of your life like as you've gotten older had different life experiences yes um I think that and I think I go in sometimes ways where I'm like very optimistic for like a couple weeks and like kind of pessimistic and I had one of those last week I texted my friend and I was like I just feel like like a jerk like I just like dimmed just such a like nasty mood and she was like yeah that happens and so I feel like sometimes I get like that where I get in those moods where like everything sucks um but yeah I do feel like it's gotten more evened out as as I've grown up um and for the most part I feel like I'm pretty like right even in the middle um sometimes I get carried away up or down either way though which I think we all kind of (laughs) do That's a good question. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And then I have one more fun one, which is, can you think of somebody who inspires you outside of your family or friends? It can be a pop culture artist. It could be, I don't know, like a politician or anybody that you kind of like, oh, you like what they put out into the world. Oh my gosh, guys, that's a great question. So many people are like this rushing to my you on the brain. spot. It is. And I feel like my answers are like true, but I have two and I want to express them both to you guys. So, you know, like I just, because it's going to sound crazy at first. One of them, people that I love and actually like anytime I'm having a bad day, um, I which you guys are going to laugh, bear with me, that I just like do like get inspired by and like how to live is Chelsea Handler. Um, she's kind of wild off the cuff sometimes, but I will always like anytime I'm taking myself too seriously, I'll just like listen to her audiobook or turn on her podcast. Um, and now she's also, I respect that she's made mistakes and she's been on record doing things that are not that are cancel worthy, quote unquote. Um, and she owns that and like has done the work, at least from what, you know, from the people debate about it, but has done the work to be better. And like from what her, she says and how she's opened up about things like therapy and that kind of stuff, um, she really has like done the work to be a better person. And I think that that's really cool. And she still kind of does it by like being herself and being like loud and outspoken. Um, and I also really love and look up to Michelle Obama. Um, and one of her, I'm going to drop a podcast that my entire family listens to because I forced them to, but she was on Oprah's super soul podcast and she had an episode and I, it is downloaded on my phone. I've listened to it. I could probably quote it. Like I have the sticky notes quoted up like on my dryer in my closet. Like that one is just, it's my big, like inspiring thing. And I always feel like one of her things is obviously we all know like when they go low, you go high. And so like my mom, even the other day, she was talking to me about something that's been going on in my life. And she's like, when they go, when they go low, we go higher. And I'm like, but it's so annoying. And then we listen to the podcast. <laughs> so um, those are kind of my twofold answers to that question. But both of those things and all of pop culture as a whole, I'm very passionate about. 
What a great answer. I love that. And we will most definitely link that Michelle Obama episode in the show notes. So anyone else who wants to feel inspired by Michelle can listen. That's awesome that you listen that much and have all the notes and everything. Um, and I don't think Chelsea Handler is that crazy. Like, like you said, like, yeah, she, she's funny. And like, I, I get what you're saying that sometimes she can be out there, but overall I feel like she's very vulnerable and she's worked on herself and she's been a good example and has been in spaces where a lot of women haven't been in. So I think that's a good one. That podcast episode like wrecked me um, on the Glennon Doyle podcast. Oh, that was sure. so good. It was incredible. But yeah, Kels, that's kind of what – I mean, more so the fact of like, you know, my mom or the people who knew her is more when she was like outspoken and don't like – aren't as current as to what she's been up to. I'm always like, mom, watch her watch her documentary with me. Like watch this, watch this because it's kind of like she still thinks that like from when John Mayer dated like Jennifer Aniston, they'll still think he's like the biggest douchebag in the world. So you cannot change Tamara's mind, so don't mess with her. Uh, but that's that's kind of what I more of I meant by that. But thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, so we will – end on some more fun things, possibly some juicy things. But we do, this is a grief podcast. We do just in one place want to hit on kind of your your grief story, the major events in your life that have been impacted by grief that led you to this podcast. And as we've said before, we'll do a different, deeper, deeper dive into everybody's full timeline, but more of the high level timeline, your grief story and major events impacted by grief in your life. Okay. So I think I've touched on this before, and I also realized listening back that I say that a lot. Um, my memory is not that great. Please bear with me. Um, there are some side effects of things, and I have a terrible, terrible memory, and I also laugh about it because it's just, like, awful. Um, but sorry for my most commonly said words. Um, my grief story. So I first experienced grief and why I got kind of drawn to the podcast um, when my papa had passed away. It was kind of unexpected and it was just like kind of a, a shock to me and I like completely blacked out for like a week. Like I don't remember. Like I kind of do like now when I talk about it, like I can remember like my stepmom taking me to get my nails done and like taking me to TJ Maxx to get something to wear because she wanted me to like feel pretty when I was like in front of all the people and that was the store next to the nail salon. Like I remember little things like that. Um, but I don't really – and then I kind of flashed to like being at the burial site, like holding hands with my cousin and then like my brother-in-law Nathan and like my cousin's husband now like having his arms around all of us girls. And, like those are some like random tidbits, but like I don't remember. Like I couldn't tell you – I actually I could tell you some nights I slept at my grandma's house, some nights I slept at my house, some nights I slept at my cousin's house. I couldn't tell you who was there or which ones it was or what we ate or any kind of those details. Not that you necessarily could anyway, but like – like for a lot of things like I do, like I couldn't tell you like what we kind of had and how the whole vibe was at the camping I did a couple weeks ago. Um, so it, it was very interesting to me and like almost kind of scary. And I was also like I couldn't sleep because I would just lay awake at night and like think about like death and like what's going to happen and like what happens when you die and how are these feelings of grief even something that people can feel and like what is it and then I was also dealing with like the guilt of like as we've talked about as well like my dad's dad died like this is so sad for him but like what about me and then I would have those like guilty like jealousy things that was like well I was the closest grandkid and just kind of go through all of these different like scenarios that would make me feel like 
good, bad, terrible. And then it got so bad that like I had to get put on like a sleeping medicine, which is no joke where some of the memory stuff has come from because I was on it for a while. But um, I would just spiral and spiral and spiral about death and the whole thing of it and then go into how grief and then I'd get mad and go through all of those stages. Um, so it was just like a very powerful thing besides just like the natural like mental illness that I've dealt with since I was a teenager. I was like, I thought that was the worst. I thought that was the heavy thing. And then it's like grief is like a whole other ballgame. And I started thinking about things like like people who are like you guys, like like who have lost parents, like who have – and I was like, so how does that feel? And I started going through this whole, again, just like spiraling myself into this pit. And I'm like, well, if this is how this is, I can't imagine like losing someone closer to me. And so it just went to this whole big anxiety spiral thing. Once I finally got kind of done with that, um, I didn't even really realize it. And honestly, I didn't even really know that I wanted to talk about it. Like I was – pretty well prepared, like 50-50. If I like wasn't vibing with Kathy, I probably wouldn't have done it. Um, I'm pretty sure if we were to go back and look at our Facebook messages, there was probably like a week that I ghosted her because I literally didn't know if I was going to do it or not because it was just so scary. Um, and that's part of the reason why not a lot of my family and friends know about this um, right now and this the way that we're talking about it because it's more of like trying to get comfortable with it myself. Um, So that is kind of like the basis of it. And then, of course, I've kind of tried to um, look into things like we've talked about. We had my best friend Shannon on um, and kind of talk about – go back through my life and see how grief impacted those different areas and ways I didn't show up. But maybe I was – I'm sure I talked to her. I know for a fact I've talked to her on the day that was like the 10-year anniversary of her dad passing away and I talked to her and didn't acknowledge it till after I saw an Instagram post. Like I know all of these things and so like kind of – being able to feel it yourself and trace back and think about how it affects everybody. And I also feel like, sorry, now I'm rambling, but I feel like there's so many things that divide us. And I feel like that's one thing is like everybody feels grief and whether it's over the death of someone, whether um, it's over just somebody who's no longer in your life, which I think I've talked to Kathy a lot about, like that's a very big thing. Um, And I feel like it's just this, we all feel it and we all feel it different ways and different different facets. And I find that really interesting as well. And like uh, when you step away from it. Um, But that's kind of my long rambling answer to answer your question. Well, as always, thank you for sharing because I know it's a lot to talk about grief, even though we are still the co-hosts, like it still can get a little tough, um, like rehashing everything and um, other events in our life that have been impacted by grief. So thank you. And I could not agree more about kind of the unity aspect of grief. Like that's something that I feel like no matter where you come from, what your background is, who your environment, like what your environment is, or um, just in general, like that is one thing that we can all kind of gather around of the same feelings and notions that go with grief. And I'm I'm super happy. And like, obviously that's, and I say I'm super happy, which sounds like kind of like a juxtaposition, but like it just basically saying in terms of that's the whole purpose of this podcast is like, I hope that no matter where you come from or what kind of grief you're experiencing, you can at least have some sort of takeaways or some big learning lessons, or maybe you haven't experienced it, but you probably know somebody who has experienced a big loss and you know how to kind of handle that relationship with a little bit um, better of a toolkit. But again, thank you for sharing. I think one thing I also wanted to ask is what would you say is like your biggest grief learning lesson if you could pick one like what have you taken away from 
grief and loss? Um, and I'm going to, again, try not to ramble, but answer twofold. Um, I was going to touch on what you said, Kath. Um, us talking about it and us being able to um, make it more of a general conversation with us has already made it like easier to deal with. Um, deal with, that sounds horrible, but be there for my friends um, who are losing someone from just by death, which we've spoken about to some more personal, like interchangeable, like relationships and kind of trying to remind yourself. It's easier to remind yourself that like someone who's grieving the loss of someone that has passed away and someone who's grieving the loss of someone who's still here are both very real and kind of trying to find that line and just being able to like accept those emotions more fully. Um, And then the second part of it was what what, what was your second part of it? I'm sorry. Just if you could pick, like, yeah, your biggest grief learning lesson um, that, it, like, basically what has grief taught you overall. But So there's that. And then, okay, yeah, there we go. So now I remember. Um, So it's that. And then the fact that, like, there really are, like, so many people that, like, show up for us in, in me. And I know how lucky I am even, like, to the fact that I just texted my mom this on on Friday. One of my coworkers had known that I had been stressed out lately, and she makes these like amazing homemade meals for her family, and she packages one for me in Tupperware and brings it to me. So like this weekend, I was sitting on Friday night and like listening to Taylor Swift and eating this like homemade chicken pot pie that was like so delightful. And I literally just texted my mom and I was like, "We are so loved," and so just really um, showing that, and even more so making me feel to be there for people who don't have that support system because I don't know what I would have if I didn't. Um, But that's really what like the positive that I could take out of it is just showing how everyone kind of rallies together to support each other. I love that. That's a great takeaway and a great takeaway from the podcast too, because as I think we've all experienced really is obviously life can get really shitty, but we three at least have been lucky enough that we've had some pretty great people show up for us. And like I said, hopefully this podcast can help be a small part of that for other people. Um, Speaking of positive and turning it back to a more positive question, um, Mads, when do you feel the happiest? We're going into more like date mode. So just mentally (laughs) switch to like back to the whole like first date concept that we came up with with Kathy. We're in that mode now. We're in that mode. We've, We've hit through the basics. We kind of, yeah, the appetizers have come and now we're getting into like the meat of the of the date, of the meal. And I should have prepared for this because I, I orchestrated those two other conversations and I didn't because life has been so crazy. And we were talking earlier, I was like, I didn't look at the document because I didn't want to spoil anything. So I should have known. Um, when I feel the happiest, that is a fantastic question. Um, I think anytime I'm with like my family or my close friends, um, like my sister, like we literally are just such freaking dorks that we can do anything. And we just are always like, like, I'm like, kind of like, I was thinking this week, I was like, I think I'm like, need to chill out on like our social media love. Like, I think I'm like weirdly like obsessed with her. Like we are just like, she makes me so happy. Um, and so she is one of them people that I'm with when I feel the happiest, um, going to concerts. I really enjoy, um, like being with dogs and like meeting new dogs and meeting like my friends. Um, another feeling that I feel like brings brought me a lot of joy recently is my friend who is um, a couple years older than me, but she had a baby and I got to meet her and like, like holding her and just being like, this is crazy. Like one of my friends who like I was dancing with at the bar last year is like now like I'm holding her baby. Like it's just wild. Um, so that's something else that makes me um, very happy. That's kind of when I felt my happiest recently. 
love that. Um, and I also love dogs as well. And I feel very happy around them too. Um, okay. So thinking of your past self, what advice would you give? And I have to give credit to Kelsey because she wrote this question. Um, what advice would you give to your 17 year old self? Okay. So what year was it when I would have been, what are you 17 year junior in high school? Yeah. could be junior, senior. Yeah. Senior in high school. Yeah. Junior or senior. Oh my gosh. Just that it would get better than what it was. I remember everybody being like, high school is the best. You're going to love it. And I freaking hated it. I did not like high school. I like, I was like, I dealt with it and like, it was fine. And I was like, I wasn't like bullied or late. Like I wasn't like, you know, like nothing was traumatizing happened. I just didn't like it and I didn't fit in and it wasn't my jam. And I remember being so anxiety ridden with like, what do I do? What do I do after? Do I go away to school? Do I stay? My deal with my parents was I could go to school in Indianapolis, which was in state. And then 10 minutes away is the Illinois border but it would be out of state. So I could go to Chicago for school in, in the city, but I would have to commute on the train because we couldn't afford to send me there to live. So I was like, I've got these two things. What am I going to do? And I was like, I need to get out. I need to go move to um, Indianapolis, get out, try the whole thing. And so I did it. And I always kind of go back and think like, what would I have done differently if I wouldn't have done that? But I think that I would have just like calmed myself down and like told myself it was going to be fine. Um, I probably would have made myself go to therapy earlier. <laughs> my parents were trying at that point and I would just like sit in the room and like be like, well, I'm not going to talk because I don't want to do this. Like I would have been like, bitch, talk to her. Like this is probably be a lot more well-adjusted. Um, but just, yeah, like, <laughs> like it gets better and like to t- also just like take a deep breath. And like I tell my sister this now and all of my close friends, I'm like before responding to anything, just take a deep breath and like take a couple minutes away from it. Cause whether it's a text or a phone call or an email or even a conversation, like there's so much power in just being like, I need a minute to digest this. Like I'll come back to it. Um, and so I would have told myself just to slow down a little more. It might help some of the, the heartbreak that we had to go through. <laughs> That's a great question. Love that. Love that. Picturing 17 year old Mads and picturing what it'd be like if all of us went to the same oh high school gosh. or something when we were 17, what that would have been like. 17 year old Mads had bright red Haley Williams of Paramore hair. Oh my gosh. Oh, we wow. need a picture of that. We do need a picture of that. That's going on the yes. social account for sure. <laughs> you guys can post it. I will I will dig one out for you. Wow. that That's the gem of the episode already. I need to see that. Um, okay, thinking of your future self and giving credit to Kathy that this is her question. If you were to start vision boarding for next year, 2023, what's one thing you would put on there today? Oh my gosh, stop it. That's crazy. <laughs> were you starting to vision board today? That's no, but that's I was thinking of we're gonna go do it. I'm going to New York to do it this weekend. And oh I would have gosh. A much well, maybe this will help you. Um I'm going to New York to visit my friend. Yeah, exactly. And my friend Caitlin is one of the ones who knows about this podcast. I'm going to go visit we're gonna get a cabin in Pennsylvania and just like do this kind of stuff. Um, but if I had to vision board something, um are we talking like practical or like anything you great? want? Like what are we what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Yeah. I don't know why I'm thinking so hard into this. Um, The first thing that comes to my mind is to keep practicing yoga very, very much. I've been practicing like daily as we spoke about in the last one because Kathy's (laughs) Apple Watch was blowing up with me trying to log my my yoga stances. Um, So I've put to keep practicing yoga and like taking time to like balance and – 
I feel like at this stage right now, I've been doing a really good job of like taking care of myself and doing those kinds of things. And so just keep doing that and um, also get better at my surf- surfing with my surfboard because I'm not that great at it. And I said I would do it this year, but I didn't. Those are great <laughs> goals to work towards in 2023. And you have a full year to work on both of them. It's crazy to me that we're already talking about that, that it's like so I know. soon. I know. I know. It is very crazy. Okay. You asked me this question and we forgot to ask Kelsey this question. So I do want to ask her and want her to answer after you do. What is the movie that you have watched the most? Because you're very curious about mine. Um, that's sometimes when we get to talking, I'm just like, oh, we're just like gals having wine. And I forget we're like recording an episode. I'm like, oh, so what is the answer <laughs> to that question? Um, mine is probably La La Land. I would say La La Land or My Best Friend's Wedding with Julia Roberts. Okay. Fantastic choices. Yeah. The one that I've just seen the most is The Parent Trap. Um, the Lindsay Lohan parent trap. Um, it's just like we have our family friends that we would go on like a summer trip with every year to our cabin and we would watch it every year. I'm talking like over 20 years and we'd watch it every year. And that's just like a baseline of the amount of times I've seen it between like other situations and the amount of times it's on TV. I do feel like I'm pretty close to being able to quote the movie. Um, to your same thing, Kathy, your answer. It's not necessarily my favorite movie. It's just the movie that I've seen the most amount of times. I have to change my answer now because as soon as you started talking, I remembered it is those. Okay. So I have seen La La Land a ton of times, but it is totally Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again, which is so – it's so bad, but it's so good. And my group of friends, we have um, – there was four of us. It's um, me, Courtney, Bonnie, and Kennedy, and we had this whole big group of friends, and we would watch it. Every time we have a bad day, we'd order a Papa John's pizza and watch Mamma Mia 2. Not the first what? one. I haven't seen the first oh one in years, God. but Mamma Mia 2. And so now, like, even, like – even if, like, no, we're not together, that's what we do on a bad day. We'll, like, FaceTime and watch Mamma Mia 2 and order the same Papa John's order. It is so weird. Um, but that's kind of like the foolproof plan. Like when my grandpa passed away, I remember my sister took a Snapchat and she's like, this is like the McGill healing starter pack is like, and she took a picture of it. Like it's literally what we do, even my mom at this point. So that is kind of dorky and I completely forgot. And maybe I just didn't want to admit it, but we totally watched that. Why two instead of (laughs) the first one? I have to ask, but I love, I love the tradition. I love it. But why two? Have you, have you seen them? Yes, but it's been forever, I will say. I I personally feel like two is a lot better than one. Um, but also it has like there's like a mimic of like Amanda Seafried and um what is that what is that actress's name? The um Not Meryl Streep. She plays young Donna. Oh. No, she plays young Donna in the movie. Lily James. Lily Lily James. And she's just fantastic and adorable. And the music, I don't know. It's just cute. Like they're mimicking back and forth. They're like their younger selves and their older selves. But honestly, it wasn't started by me. It was started. I didn't like it when I first watched it, but now it's what we do. Like so far, like I we tried to rent a movie theater to watch it in COVID. That's epic. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous, but that's my my movie. Long again, long answer. <laughs> um, Mads, you're in the hot seat. We don't apologize for our <laughs> long answers. This episode is here for you to talk. So we're gonna own the long yeah, answer. It's, it's my episode. It's, it's your my episode. episode. I can do what I want. Um, but I'm very excited to ask you this question. Um, as we've all been asked, 
just high level, what are your thoughts about dating? Like at this point in your life, what is your overall approach to dating and relationships? And if you feel comfortable sharing, do you have any love life updates for us? Kathy, why are you laughing in, in your screen? Because she said, I'm excited to ask you this question. And that just really made me laugh. <laughs> but it's like you don't already know. And I love it. No, uh, no. I actually was curious if there's been any Honestly, same. anything in a little bit. And just your overall philosophy, I think, is kind of interesting. Like, take specifics out of it. Like, where is your headspace at this moment on dating and relationships? Okay. Not seeing anyone. Um and my headspace and philosophy. I was actually just thinking about this today, which is weird again, because I saw a TikTok that made me think about it. Um, but I think that I get in this game very easily. And I actually was also just talking about this this weekend with um, a couple friends of mine, but that I like get in this very like big like compare game. Like I would, st- I, my friends that in my friend group, like the one who I just mentioned was having had a baby. Um, I often forget that she's 31 and I'm 26. And although those are very close, like there's just, there's a lot of time in between those. So when I'm house sitting in her house and like staying in her gorgeous house she lives at that I want and like with the Peloton and the husband and all the things, like it doesn't mean that that's not happening. It means that where's time and like things that like I, I forget that very often um so I think just reminding myself is like being in the moment and like not necessarily seeking it like I'm not on any dating apps or anything right now um but just kind of like being open to the idea but not like that's not my main priority and I feel like sometimes when I do get in relationships it's very easy that that does become my main priority and so kind of switching the table a little bit is my current vibe on it but I do think at some point I would like to like be married and maybe have a kid okay that's the to your note about the comparison thing which I think is really relatable and especially at this era of our 20s which I also think is a lot of the people listening um where it's like we can all be really close in age on paper but can be in such drastically different places in life um and I don't remember if we've talked, if you follow Tinks, I am a big Tinks follower. And some of the main things that she said about this that have stuck with me at least is one, which I have a thing in my room that says this too, comparison is the thief of joy. Easier said than done, but that's a good statement that I like. And then her trick, I'll give her the credit for this, is like, okay, let's say you see, you know, like you said, your friend, you love her house. But in the mental game of like, okay, but would you want her entire life? Would you want a baby right now? Like you can't just like cherry pick all the best parts of everyone's life and be like, okay, I want that and I want that. It's like you can't piece it together. It's like, okay, if you're really going to try to compare, would you take all the bills? Would you take not being able to like go on a random trip? Would you take this and that? And it kind of helps bring perspective and make you feel grateful while also, of course, just celebrating your friends in different stages of life. And like, that's totally fine. But just one little note that that made me think of. Yeah, one of my friends I was actually talking about that with this weekend was like, think about how often this person like wishes that they could be back where you're at and like not have to be tied down with all the things. And I'm like, and it really kind of shifted a little bit. But that was kind of my my current back and forth that I'm going on as far as the relationship future game goes. Wow, this is very interesting. I am loving like getting to know kind of inside of your mind a little bit more, which I don't know. Obviously, I've loved all of ours episodes kind of diving in, but it's just it still is interesting to me. And I think hopefully it's interesting for listeners too. Um, okay, so we talked about 
uh, something like your biggest grief learning lesson and kind of what um, you've taken away from grief. I wanted to ask what's one thing that you feel like you've taken away from participating in the podcast. And I know you talked a little bit about like normalizing talking about it has helped with healing. Um, If there's anything else that you feel like you've kind of taken away from being a part of the podcast. No, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, No, this is going to sound so corny. Um, But like I really and I say it all the time, I feel but uh, just like be like knowing you guys has been so great, and like I feel like it's kind of fun to have like I was talking um, when I was talking about all of my BravoCon stuff in my Bravo group. I was like, my sister just asked who you are, and I just like an internet friend I've never met who like knows all my secrets, and it wasn't a lie, but it's also like also so true. Um, so just kind of like having those like it's a very interesting weird relationship that like I and like keep in mind when we're talking like you guys have met each other and so like it's still very different and I, although our relationship is different it's still different for me because like you're both like I mean I FaceTime you but like I don't know you and so it's just very interesting but I'm very grateful for it so like if I took away one thing from like our podcast it's that um, and I also think it's kind of fun to get out of my shell a little bit um and also it's and it's not gonna stay this way but I'm gonna say it because this is all about vulnerability but I was at dinner with my sister and our friend this weekend and this is the second time it's come up because I told you what happened with the last guy I was dating but they asked about secrets and I didn't say anything but it's kind of fun I'm like I'm such an open book all the time and even on here that it's like my one little secret that like I hold close to my heart and like Although it might, I don't ever want it to be like, it's like out of shame or out of anything, but like, it's kind of like, it's like when you like hard launch, like a relationship, it's like yours and special and like you want to keep it to you. And so like, it's kind of been fun to have something like that again, to like that I care about, that like I can keep to myself. No, I love that. And it's like you said, it's just a reminder that like, while the internet can have a lot of bad things, one good thing is that it can connect you to people that you can actually end up having legitimate friendships with that like had it not been for a Facebook group we would not the three of us here be sitting today so it is just a cool reminder that like you can connect with people from all over um okay we want to end on a fun one and we want to circle back tie things up with a bow that was a theme that you've said you've said that phrase a lot so we're quoting you um circling (laughs) back to Taylor Swift we're gonna go outside of midnight's what is your all-time top three favorite Taylor Swift songs outside of Midnight? This is a really tough question, by the way. Like, even I'm struggling with this one because there's just so many. Like, it's just so it's, hard it's, to It's an impossible down. question. I'm open to expanding <laughs> to five, but I want to keep you yeah, somewhat yeah, yeah. limited. It's definitely not a one and done. It's not a one. I would never, <laughs> never ask a one. That's – Un, like unfair to Taylor Swift. I'll try not to dive into it too much because you guys know I could do a whole <laughs> podcast series about this, not even just an episode. Um, I'm going to obviously say all too well to minute version is iconic. I'm also going to say on the note of talking about high school, Maddie, um, she was obsessed with Enchanted from Speak Now. That's always been my favorite oh, Taylor Swift so song. Good. So if I ever like if like all girl, if you asked so I'm 26. If you asked 16 year old Maddie, she would have said the exact same thing. So I feel like I have to give that some um, that merits some conversation. Um, I was a very big fan of the Reputation era. However, um, my favorite album at this point is Evermore, and I go back in between between Evermore and Folklore. Um, and then 
I'm going to wrap it up with two of my favorite songs of all time, which I think is speaks a lot for them because the other one is sitting 10 years old um, in my heart. But um, This Is Me Trying from Folklore is one of my favorite songs of all time, not just Taylor Swift. Um, and then also Peace. And oh, those both have, if you three. were, yeah, I posted I Kathy's melting down in her side of corner. <laughs> um, and I have a TikTok about it on my page. I had recorded the long pond sessions, but um, if you are a Taylor Swift fan and haven't seen it, I highly recommend it's on Disney Plus. She goes into kind of how she wrote all of the albums um, or all the songs on that album. And one of the things she touches on with one of her co-writers is the stories behind those two songs. And she talks about this is me trying in peace. And they both kind of tie up with um, having a theme with mental illness and just knowing that like sometimes like being your – like this is me trying, for example, since like being your very worst, like you're still showing up and trying and like you not having that drink or you not like driving your car off the cliff or whatever it is was actually you trying um and sometimes it just like feels like that's not good enough and so that's kind of being able to hear that out and then peace is um she wrote it about and I sound like I'm her publicist this is so funny and I'm gonna keep going with it because this is who I am and this is my episode but um she talks about how she wrote it as in like if you're with her you can never get peace from paparazzi and people knowing where you're at. And then the person that she wrote it with is Aaron Desner. And he's not, I mean, he's famous, but like nobody's like, he's not Taylor Swift. And he's like, whenever we were writing this, I was thinking about how like my wife will never truly have peace because I deal with chronic depression. And like, sometimes my days are up and sometimes my days are down and like, you just never know what you're going to get. So I can never promise you full peace. Um, so that's an emotional, emotional answer to your fun question. Um, but that is two, or two of my favorite songs. It's funny. I've even like taught my therapist. I was like, have you listened? She's like, of course, I already know the songs. And I'm like, thank God, Gwen. Um, but those are kind of my, my, my go-to. So that's a great question. And again, I could go on about this for hours. I think it's so normal to have an emotional response to it because it elicits her music elicits emotional responses I think and obviously we're really big Taylor fans I'm sure if you're not a Taylor fan (laughs) you skip this part and you skip the beginning of our monologue as well so totally fine um but hopefully if you are you can relate to some of the stuff that we're saying I did hear today that I was listening to Scrubbing In, which brought us all together, and they were talking about it too, and they had someone comment in their Facebook group that was like, I always skip when the girls talk about Taylor Swift. So you're not alone, and you won't hurt my feelings, and I'm sorry, (laughs) but I'm not that sorry. But this is Mad's episode, and a new album came out, so we couldn't not talk about Taylor Swift. Like we said, we could do a whole podcast about it, but this was a safe (laughs) space episode to dive in. And I love your answer. And she's wearing a Taylor Swift sweatshirt right now. So we absolutely had to. You are. We would have been bad interviewers (laughs) if we didn't ask you about Taylor Swift. It was a coincidence, but since this is now the Taylor Swift episode, I'm glad I'm wearing it. (laughs) Uh, I could go on for forever as well, but in the spirit of just leaving it on Maddie's really strongly worded, well-explained answer of, I'm impressed you picked four and you picked those four pretty fast. I have to say that was also impressive. I get asked this question a lot. <laughs> You're like, I'm ready. I am her publicist. I'm a representative in Wilmington. 
Um, no, it was amazing. And that concludes our three-part series of getting to know the three of us better as people. At some point, we will do another three-part series of the deeper side of our grief stories more chronologically, but I think we'll give that a breather and go back to episodes with the three of us or the three of us plus a guest for a little bit. TBD on what the next one will be. You'll just have to listen next time to find out. Um, teaser. Yeah. Teaser, teaser. Um, but thank you for listening. We hope you liked getting to know us all a little bit better. Mads, thank you for taking the hot seat so well. You had such great answers. I feel like I actually did learn more things about you. And anytime I see Mama Mia 2 playing on TV, <laughs> I will envision you and Papa John's now. So thank you for that. Great time. Extra garlic time. butter, please. Um, follow <laughs> us on Instagram. We are trying to up our posts and our reshares there. So hopefully it's just a good like grief content resource. It's not all just our personal promos and stuff. Like we want to include grief resources from other pages we follow. Um, subscribe to the podcast, send it to a friend, email us, download our episodes, um, and review us on Apple Podcasts if you can. Yes. Take a second. I think it, they make it pretty quick. Just like, you know, hit those five stars if that's what you feel and write something. It definitely helps. But thank you for listening. We will see you guys next time. Bye. See ya. Bye.